Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this tag preaching from some of our up-and-coming communicators. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. So Yana is a second-year Bible college student, and um, she's part of our Pukekohe campus and has been there since the very beginning of the Pukekohe campus, um, probably about 10 years, yes. And um, after this year, she's probably heading back into journalism or something like that, um, but she's going to share a little bit with us tonight. So come on, let's give her another round of applause. Awesome. Thanks, guys. You guys can grab your seats. How's everybody doing? It was kind of funny when Pastor Desiree was like, she's from Pukekohe. Usually that's when all of Pukekohe is like, yeah, and then I realized that's not where I am tonight. Um, so that explains it. Um, it's my first time in Dunedin. Yay. Um, so I'm stoked to be here with you guys today. Um, I'm just going to pray. First of all, okay. God, I just thank you that you're in this place. Lord, we thank you for what you've already done in us and through us. And I just pray tonight that as we come and share that you would just do something powerful. Lord, we just surrender everything we have to you tonight and just pray um, that you would be with us and that we would receive what we need to receive tonight. Amen. Cool. Just pulling up the right thing. Okay, um, so this is one thing I love to do. Oh, my name is Yana. I'm from Pukekohe. I'm in my second year of Bible college. Um, I'm doing my second year not because I failed the first year, but because there's an option to do it second year as well, okay? <laughs> Just clear that up. Um, <laughs> and Bible college is amazing. Um, most of my siblings, so I'm one of five. Any big families out there? Yeah? I mean, there's some more. There's even more than five, which is amazing. Shout out to you guys, you will all like each other in the end. <laughs> um, but when my sister was doing Bible college, someone said, oh, are you training to be a priest? Um, so that is not what Bible college is about. Um, it's just an awesome time where you get in a, you just get to know the gifts and the callings on your life. You get to know who God is, what he's called you to do. And for me, it's just given me such a great, greater confidence of what um, was already in my life, but just kind of under the surface. Um, so that's my little plug for Bible college. Um, but I want to start off today with a little thing I like to call sermon bingo. Um, so this is just some things that if you feel in your heart you want to yell out, it'll come soon. There's just some ideas that maybe you want to yell, um, you know, Pentecostals. <laughs> we love to say things like, wow, so good. Yeah, there's always one. There's always one that yells the free space. Um, so throughout all of our tag preachers, feel free to um, yell that out. Um, but today I just want to speak to you a little bit about consistency and being consistent in the waiting. Um, there's often a lot of emphasis on the waiting, and I think we haven't necessarily got good at waiting. We just It's something we've had to do um, because there's no other option. But there is a way that we can be consistent, and being consistent while you wait is all about preparing for your go. And so we want to be people who are ready to go when God says go. Um, and I love that in the Bible, it's all about timing. So from the beginning of time, God created the world that it would have a redemption story. Um, and so that's <laughs> what I want to speak to you guys today. Um, I've been listening to this podcast, which is from a rabbi, and he talks about when they're in training, they don't know if they come across something that they don't really understand. They do a little dance. Um, because they don't understand it, but the dance is all about being excited that they're going to learn something new. So, um, I'm not going to dance tonight. But if you want to, <laughs> this is a free and a safe place. Um, 
But today I want to talk to you about um, just a story from Daniel, because he was a man who was consistent. And for me, his excellent spirit is something that really inspires me, so I want to speak about, about that. Um, but another person who was consistent, of course, was Jesus. And um, one of the greatest compliments I ever got was that I was like Jesus. And I was like, wow, was it the hair? Um, <laughs> no. Um, but this lady I used to work with her, she just said, you know, you're the same yesterday, today, and probably forever. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. But it was about my consistency, that no matter what the situation, I could show up and be the same. I could be the same at work as I was outside of work. And that's like us. We could be the same in church as we are outside of church. We want to be people who are consistent. Um, and so how can we be consistent in our faith and in our serving, um, our service and our devotion to Jesus? Um, so that's what I want to talk about today. Um, you may know the story of Daniel um, in chapter 6. is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And he was a distinguished man who was very good at what he did. He was set apart from all the other people in government, and he was liked by the king. I don't know about you, but that would be a pretty nice place to be. Um, and so... Uh, my first point, if I go through them, uh, my first one is show up. So there's a quote that says, success doesn't come from what you do occasionally, it comes from what you do consistently. And if we want to be people who are taken seriously, we need to be consistent. Like we know these people who are like, oh yeah, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, I'm good at that. But what's the one thing that you're consistent at? Whether it's showing up, whether it's being there for people. Um, verse 3 of Daniel 6 says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. That's a pretty big job. Daniel shined above everyone else because of his excellent spirit. It didn't just come to him, but it was something that he worked for. And then later on in the story, um, verse 4, it says, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. And I think that's pretty amazing. There was nothing that they could fault Daniel on. Um, and so when we show up for others, when we serve, we are being consistent. And it's not about being a doormat and having to say yes to everything. But it's about letting people into our lives and being a part of other people's lives. Um, and it was the same with Daniel's prayer life. So he would go three times a day to pray. And he didn't care. He opened the windows. He let, he let everyone look in. Um, he didn't have shame about that. That's how they tried to get him. But there was still nothing um, that could do that. And so for me, I can remember who showed up in my life. I'm sure you guys will too. Um, we recently had Axe Conference, um, and that's a cool space. And I remember when I was a kid at Axe Conference, I can still remember who my kids' leaders were. I can still remember my youth leaders. Um, and I love that some of them are still around. And there's that consistency that people will remember you. People will remember when you show up and where you show up. Um, and they value it. And it's the same with our relationships with people. We, you can't build a relationship if you don't show up, right? Um, and it's the same with our relationship with God. We need to show up with our relationship with God. Um, Daniel was on his knees in prayer three times a day. And he showed up even when the pressure was on, when he knew people were out to get him. He, he knew that his relationship with God 
was more pleasing to him than his relationship with man. Um, Proverbs 16.9 talks about a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps and makes them sure. So God is directing our path. Cool. So the first point was uh, show up. Second point, grow up. Ooh. Um, growing up has nothing to do with age. Uh, I am old, but I look young, and it's been, like, so annoying my whole life. Um, <laughs> but we're getting there. Um, but James 1, it talks about us maturing through perseverance so that we lack nothing. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so when we grow up, it's like comparing an up-and-go for breakfast with, like, a full English breakfast. We can't really compare the two. Um, but it's the same with our lives. We don't want to be just a quick fix. We want to be something that will last and sustain us. And if we want to be consistent, we have to grow up. Um, I lead young adults in Pukekohe, and this year my theme was, we're going to put the adults back in young adults. Oh, that's so mean. But it's been really cool because it's seen people um, just have life skills, you know. We want to be people who are mature. That doesn't mean boring, okay? We all know those, like, family members, the crazy uncles, and they're anything but, okay? Um, but we can be fun. And in Hebrews 5, it talks about what we're consuming. Um, so anyone who lives on milk, being an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And so when we're waiting on God, what we do matters. We can sit and wait, or we can be actively waiting. And when we're consistent, we learn to grow up, and we realize that the things that used to affect us don't affect us anymore because our focus has changed. And so we know more about God's character, um, more than what the world would say about us or to us. It's kind of why people can go through crazy trials but still trust God. And so my question to you is, what are you consuming Daniel was on his knees in prayer. He was consuming the word of God. He was spending time in his presence. So that's what we need to do. And the cool thing is that people need us. People need what you have. We all have something to give. And so when we're in spending time in the presence of God, when we're reading our word, when we're in prayer, that just makes us more accessible to people. It makes us able to walk down the street and be like, wow, I feel like that's for you or it can be scary, but that time with God gives us the confidence that we need. And my last point is glow up. And this is the fruit. So we've got show up, grow up, and glow up. I don't know if you got that. Um, um, but that is, um, I like to think of this point as the fruit of what happens when we're consistent. And it's when you glow up in real life, it's talking about someone who's more mature, more confident, better looking. Yay. Um, but it is about consistency. And in verse 26 of Daniel, of chapter 6, it says, Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all, the, in all the earth. And I think it's incredible that a king could write to the whole nation, ordering a decree that couldn't be changed, that's something that couldn't be changed, just because of Daniel's consistency and because of the faith and the wonder that he saw in Daniel and in Daniel's God. Um, and there's this really cool quote as I finish that just says, it's from a poet that says, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. I think that's so amazing because we don't have to be a professional Christian. We just have to try, you know. We just have to come. God wants to meet with us. Um, and so that's 
It's not about what's happening now, but it's about the fruit of your life. In 10, 20 years' time, what is the fruit of your life going to say? Say. So um, let's be people who show up, grow up, and glow up. Um, but that is all from, from me. Um, I'm going to introduce our next speaker, which is my friend Josh, also a second-year Bible college student. Um, let's give it up for Josh. Cool. Hey, everyone. Can I get a what's up, Josh? And for my main Matt, Matt over there, can you get a what's up, Matt? Cool. That's his catchphrase, what's up, Matt? So I kind of stole it, so I had to share it back. But um, thank you for standing. You can be seated. I actually felt really special when I was walking across and I look over and, like, people are standing. I guess I got to share a good word now. <laughs> but... Um, I thought I'd start off really quickly. Um, I'm a big people person. I love people. So um, if you're a person, I love you. You're cool. Um, but with loving people, I love making connections. I can't talk to all of you, sorry, because there's one, two, too many. But I'm going to start off with a little about me, so at least you can know me well, hopefully. Um, I've got a brown dad and a white mom, so I'm a mix between. Kind of like Hannah Montana, I like to say I'm the best of both worlds. I, I'm not a, I don't have like a horse or anything, but th there's two worlds there, and that's quite beautiful. My name is Josh, and you'll know a million Joshes, but I do love my name because I was named after my papa, and it's special to me. Um, I've never been to South Island, so you guys, this is my first impression of the South Island. <laughs> do your best. Um, and that's about it. Oh, actually, one more fun thing. Um, I injured my shoulder, like, before coming here, so my left shoulder, I can't, like, raise beyond this point, so I've been, like, going crazy with my right arm all week. Yeah, that's about it. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty random sometimes, but I thought I'd share that. Maybe that was fun, maybe not. But, um, yeah, I just want to say it's such an honor and privilege to be here. Um, it's cool that we've got to come down and help out with Heart Week, but we've got to, like, get involved and invested into your community, too, so... Thank you to all the people that have been welcoming us, and thank you, yeah, thank you that we can be here, and thank you, God, that we can be here. Um, but what, yeah, I really love Heart Week, but what I've loved about Heart Week is even though we're doing all these practical things for a community, that it isn't Charity Week, that's not what we're about, and um, yeah, to just kind of touch on that, I think the thing that sets us apart from just being people that do good is that we carry Jesus with us. And we carry Jesus into what we're doing. Um, yeah, so I really, I like to think and like to hope that the, f the different things that have been a part of Heart Week this week aren't just going to be random acts of kindness. To some people, they might take it as that. But to some people, they might, it might be a seed. And I pray that it can be a blessing to someone's life. Um, there was one uni guy, we did, we did a sausage sizzle. That's how Matt says it. Um, at the uni... Oh man, um, we did a sausage sizzle at the uni, and there were just lines of like student, uh, lines of students lining up. That makes sense, and obviously very hungry because they're students. And there was one guy that, um, one, even one guy I came across, and he was like, "Oh, thanks, I really appreciate this. I didn't have any lunch today." And that could just go as, "Oh, there's some cool people that gave me free lunch," or it could actually be a seed for like, "There's these people that just turned up and care for me." And I don't know why, but maybe I want to, like, 
ask questions or figure out, like, investigate why, why these people just turned up. And so I love that all our actions can, can be impactful and carry influence. Um, yeah, and in that way, I feel like Heart Week is, sometimes there's a lot of focus on the love, but I also think it's a fight. Like, we're fighting for Dunedin. And in the way that everyone knows people in your world, or you can just see brokenness in the world, it's not hard to see, just turn on the news or other stuff. But the thing is, we have the opportunity to fight in that fight. And we might not have a heart week every week, but one thing that I do think is important that we do have is prayer. And that's what I kind of want to like focus in on this. I was going to say morning, not morning. This evening, um, I, I really loved hearing what Pastor Will was saying this morning. And there was this one moment where he said, this message has to get through. It is a life or death message. And that's what a fight is about. A fight, like, a fight isn't just like, this is play fights. Like, if, you, um, if you've ever played Bull Rush and you've you got the, like, the whole field and you're running across it, there's a difference between when you play it with the tag and you're like, ah, oh, I'm in. But when you play tackle, which I, I don't encourage that. that I'm pretty sure they got banned in schools. But when, when you're like tackling, when you're fighting, that you can, sometimes it feels like your life is at risk. I've been there. Um, but it's a life or death situation. And there's, in this world, there's always a fight happening. But there's, there's a way that we can actually... Um, Get involved in that and actually like have power and authority and that's through prayer. And yeah, there's this verse I'm going to bring up in Exodus 17, 8 to 13. So we've got an amazing team. There we go. Okay, it's a bit of a story so I'm going to tell it to you. The Amalekites, light, no, Amalekites, yep, came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Feel free to correct me if you want. Moses said to Joshua, that's me, but not me, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites, Malachites were winning. And when Moses' hand grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. And to break this down, so while they were fighting, the Amalekites came, started attacking them. And Moses was like, Joshua, go, go take the fight to them. Go, go fight back. But while that happened, he went to this hill and he raised his hands and had Aaron and Hur there with him as well. And I was reading through um, some like commentaries and some, what some scholars say about this. And the Israelites' posture of prayer was raising their hands. So Moses was on this mountain where he could oversee the, bo the battle and he was praying, praying for the battle. And when he kept his hands raised and he kept praying, they were winning. But if he lowered his hands, um, that's when they started losing. And I think I love prayer. And I think we underestimate how powerful it is. That whether we're praying over something or not can change the outcome of it. 
And um, yeah, I think my first point I, w- I want to get across is that prayer is powerful. Life and death depended on the prayers of Moses, of one man. But um, there's this quote that, um, yeah, it's a quote. Um, I was talking to Pastor Wayne, and I'm privileged to have him as my supervisor this year, so I get to have some mean chats, mean bands. But um, there's one thing he said is, the one advantage we have for our for life over non-Christians is that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we pray, that's when we engage in the Holy Spirit. That's when we, we start to release things. That's when, like, Holy Spirit, move in this situation, move in this person's life, move, move in um, just this thing that looks really difficult. And I think that's something that we, we need to not take lightly. And um, in the story, I, I love as well that um, while Moses was praying that his arms got tired and weak. We're human. We can't, we can't be perfect in our prayer. Can I get an amen? Oh, that sounded cool. But I also love that um, when he got weak, that it wasn't just him praying into the battle. He had a community around him. And I, I want to bring that to our, my second point. Prayer is communal. You have a whole church here. You have... I'm not going to count, but at least 20 people in this room. And if one man can pray over a battle and see victory come, imagine if each and every person was praying over Dunedin. Um, Prayer is something that we can come together and invest into things with. And, yeah, I really want to encourage that. Don't don't think that um, you might not be as good at praying as another person in this room. Because the thing is, when, when God hears our prayers, he hears our heart behind it. He doesn't hear the fancy words. And that, that's something that encouraged me for a while because when, when you first start praying, who knows that you don't have the right words. You, you're, you're mixing it up. You're stumbling. But God is a gracious God that he doesn't care about our words, but he cares about our heart behind it. And um, just got a bit of a story to tell you. And, um, yeah, so I, I've experienced firsthand how, how good prayer can be. I, um, I remember there was one camp I went to, and I went there with my younger brother. I've got a younger brother called Caleb. He's 17 now, so two years younger than me. I'm 19, by the way. I don't know if that's a surprise or not. But um, I went on this camp, and it was our youth camp, and I remember this, this time where something happened. We were playing a sport, and got hit in the face, or think someone was mean to him or something and he he went away crying and I love my brother heaps but our relationship has been like we've fought over the years we're very close in age so you know too too much conflict with brothers but I remember this time I really wanted to comfort him because I do love my brother but sometimes he's very much don't touch me go away and um I remember that moment I wanted to comfort him but he shrugged me off and went to other people and um, couldn't find comfort at me. And I, I remember I was really upset by this. And at that moment, I actually went off crying. Yeah. And I was I was like, and I actually, but I kind of like ended up crying out to God and praying. But I was like, God, I'm so upset. Like, I really love my brother, but the bird won't let me help him out. And this is not me. Why, why, yeah. And that, and I remember this prayer vividly. And it was just, it was one of those honest prayers where you're just kind of mumbling. 
But um, I just remember praying, and in that moment, I've seen, like, over the years, my relationship with my brother grow. And my last point is that prayer is always available. And it was just a random moment at a camp, but I've seen the kind of after effects of that. And any moment you can pray over something, any moment you can see your prayer, then um, just have impact and influence in your future. So, yeah, prayer is powerful. Prayer is communal. Prayer is always available. And I encourage you guys to pray. But um, next up, we have my amazing friend, Micah. And if anyone knows prayer, this guy, he's always encouraged me to prayer. So let's welcome this guy up. Woo! How are we doing tonight? Are we good? Awesome. Why you high five the person and say, you look good? And then high five the other person who you didn't <laughs> say, you also look good. <laughs> awesome. Oh, wow. Thank you, God. Well, um, as Josh mentioned, my name is Micah. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, cool to be here. You know, it's been a real blessing just to be down here in Dunedin. Um, quick fact, I was actually born here, so yay! And then um, one year and like two months, we just moved to Nelson. <laughs> so um, I kind of grew up in the South Island, just to build a little bit of an idea of where I'm from. Spent basically like 13 years down here in the South Island, uh, like 12 years in Nelson, then um uh, our parents felt called to help plant a church with our pastors up in Auckland, which is where I've been ever since. Um, and also, I'm doing Bible college this year, but um, it's my first year. So, <laughs> but if you're ever wondering, it's, it's really amazing. Like, God's really moved in my life. Like, got a better understanding of who He is in my life and even His Word and just amazing um, people that teach us, you know, Pastor Steve and all the others. Like, if you're feeling God calling to why not trust him? Hey! <laughs> but um, I'm just going to pray tonight. Um, if you want to just bow your heads. Thank you, God. Yeah, Father, we thank you that you're here in this place, that you're moving. And um, we just pause. We become aware of your presence, God. And um, we pray that you'll move in our hearts, Lord, that we'll become uh, drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Awesome. So um, tonight... Uh, I, was, I was praying, I was like, oh, what are you saying? Um, I felt to keep it simple. So um, why are you say to your neighbor, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> awesome. And if you got your Bibles tonight, um, we're going to be turning to Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 6. I know you guys may know the scripture, but tonight I'm going to be talking about worry. Yay. So I know if you're here tonight, you may um, relate. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm just going to read it. Then you are, oh, verse 6, oh, where's verse 6, here we go, it's going to come up, my bad, Philippians 4, 6, let's say, tell God what you need, oh, it's coming, Philippians 4, 6, or oh, 5, oh, oh, anyways, um, so, to continue, worry in my life, um, I've, I've been on a big journey with worry, I guess, because it's, it's something that's come up a lot of times, and like some things that, even just me being here, like on stage, <laughs> I remember like three hours ago, I was still worrying, I was like, God, man, this is so scary, but I remember, I love the scripture um, in Philippians 4, verse 6, and um, it says this in the uh, NRT translation, do not worry about anything, but instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. And 
I remember I had this on my Chromebook all throughout high school. I, um, I engraved it in my Chromebook because it's a Chromebook, so that's the way. And, and, um, so students, um, it's up to you. <laughs> um, and I remember just any time I was in class and I would be like going through my assignments and oh, I'll just be watching YouTube and I'd, I'd look to my right <laughs> and I'd be like, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. And I, I feel like a lot of us this day and age, we can, we can get the idea like, tell God, oh, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. We, we're really good at telling God what we need. Like when, when mortgage is coming in or we've got to pay rent or we've got this game coming up, you know, we're really good. Like, God, please help me. I really want to play good today, you know, or, you know, we've got this test coming up or we've got work and we've got this interview. We're always good at like, God, please help me. But, but tonight, I really want to encourage you, you know, it says, tell God all you need and thank Him for all He has done. And so I want to really emphasize the thankfulness because, you know, there's the idea of worry. But I really believe that if we really want to counter worry, we've got to be more thankful people because it takes our focus off our current situation and puts it back on God and what He has done in our lives. And I really believe if we really want to become more loving Christians, more people that, that know Jesus, we've got to understand how to be more thankful of Him and appreciative of Him. And so I love in um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, uh, it's, a, it's a classic scripture, but I really believe um, I've been able to journey through just being thankful in the small things. And it says this, give thanks in all circumstances. Everyone say all. Not just some, all circumstances. For this is God's will for your life, uh, for you in Christ Jesus. I think that's so cool. Like some things that I've just been able to develop, some practical things is um, we went on a trip yesterday to the Catlins. And I, I remember um, it was so amazing because the weather was so good. <laughs> and I remember we were driving back and it started to rain. I was just like, man, thank you, God. We got the best of the, the Danina weather for the, the couple of hours that we're out in the, in the, in the bush. <laughs> And like, just finding things to be thankful for, as small as like, thank you God that I've got clothes on my body. Thank you God that I got a nice home to go back to. Thank you God that I'm able to go to this, go to, go to Countdown and actually pay for stuff because he's blessed with money. You know, like finding things to be thankful because it takes a, the, the, the worry like, oh, but I got this to pay for, but I got this. But thank you God that you're a provider, that you're gyra, that thank you God that you help guide me. You know, there's so many things. And um, I really think it's so amazing that we serve a great God. Come on. Awesome. And, and John 10, this is, the, this is the, ooh. John 10, verse 10, it says this. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So this is Jesus, he's speaking. This is in context to, to like sheep. So he's like giving a context like there's a shepherd and then the shepherd, there's a thief. He's trying to steal the sheep. Like, oh. like see, see, the enemy, he, he doesn't want you to have a good life. He doesn't want you to know God to his fullest. You know, I, I, I like this. The enemy will do anything to separate us from God. Anything. You know, sometimes he uses small little lies to convince us to make us um, go in the wrong direction or say, oh, man, maybe you should work or maybe you should do um, oh, wait, what's another scenario? <laughs> there's, you know, there's so many small things like, oh, maybe you should just get some more sleep instead of going to church. Or maybe you should um, not go to e-group because, you know, you had a big day at work or these little church stuff. Or maybe you shouldn't pray because you're in the middle of uh, season two of Survivor. I don't know. <laughs> 
you know, this, this is practical stuff, guys. <laughs> like, there's so many things that the enemy will try and just do, like small things and even big things, like maybe even like your family, their need, and, and, and you're like, ah, oh, but, but they were mean to me. They were rude to me the last time I left their house, you know. God, um, the, the, the enemy will try and do his best to harden our hearts, to say, oh, nah, don't love on that person. Now, remember the last time he did that? Last time she said that over you? You know, the enemy will do anything to try and separate you from God. And so I really want to encourage us. You know, one thing that we could do is be thankful. Amen? Awesome. You know, other things that I, um, that I wrote down was, was like God's love, our love for us is so much. You know, he wants to be part of our lives. He doesn't want us just to... To, um, for us to just live a life for him, but he wants us to do a life with him so that we can understand, man, he's actually for us. He's actually doing life with us. Not just this idea that, man, if I just do this, then he'll love me. If I just do this, no. Nah. See, that's the, that's, the, that's the law of religion. And God really wants to break, us, uh, break that off our lives so that we can say, oh man, even besides that, he loves me. Even though I've done that, he's still forgiving and his mercy and his grace is more than enough. Man, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Awesome. And um, I'm going to turn to Matthew 6, verse 27. This is a, another scripture I have on my wall. It's pretty simple. But I love it. It's so short, but it's so prophetic. It's, it's this idea that can all of your worries add to a single moment to your life? And, and, and I remember um, I spent time with God, and uh, he gave me this idea of like chewing gum, how sometimes the worry in our life, we can, you know, we and we're chewing the gum, we're like, mm, mm. And what we're thinking is like, it's like, oh, this is yum. But like, it's not actually filling our tummy. It makes our mind think that we're actually filling our tummy with stuff. And sometimes we could just keep chewing on worry. Oh, man, if I keep thinking about it, oh, man, I'm gonna be, it's going to work out. You know, like, oh, I'm going to worrying about my, oh, like my, my thing tomorrow. Or worrying about, oh, I got the speech coming up. I don't know what I'm going to do, you know. And we're like, oh, and we keep chewing and chewing. But we're not really actually going anywhere. It's like we're trying to walk somewhere, but, oh, I'm still here. And I, I really believe God, God wants to just realign your hearts tonight. And I love um, Matthew, Matthew 6, 33 and 34. I love this, this idea that Jesus is, is encouraging us. And he's saying this, he says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Not just... Seek the, God, uh, seek the kingdom of God, you know, above some things. But he's encouraging us, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Tell your neighbor everything you need. And I, I feel like a lot of us today, the things we worry about are things we don't even need. And like, for me, like, I'm kind of young, so I don't know about the old people, but like, you know, it's like some cool... <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> you guys know what I mean. Young and heart, Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, there's so many things I could worry about. Like, I go past the shop and I see these cool shoes or these cool clothes. I'm like, man, I really need that. I really need that. And I could cause these things and I could start to worry and worry and worry. But I never even needed that thing. Look, I've got the clothes, so much clothes at home. And there's, there's things that we could just keep walking around and seeing stuff on social media. And we're like, man, I need that, I need that, I need that. And God's like, hey, I've got you. You know? And I love this. This is, this, is, this is amazing. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry, uh, to, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. 
today's trouble is enough today. And if it's anything, I want to encourage you tonight. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. If God's got you here, He'll give you where He needs to give. I'll go. You know, today's troubles is enough today. A lot of our troubles, I feel, and a lot of the worry is related to what's going to happen tomorrow. What's going to happen next year? What am I doing? You know, I'm a Bible college student, so a lot of us are like, man, what am I doing next year? You know, am I going to work? Am I going to do a second year? There's so many things that, you know, us humans, not just Christians, that we could worry about. But God's inviting us to say, hey, let's just be, let's just be present right now. Because he's, he's here right now, and he, and he wants to move in your life. Thank you, God. And so tonight, I, I really believe God is wanting to move in your life. You know, just as Yana and just as Josh has been sharing, I really believe he's wanting to do something significant right now. Not tomorrow, not in three weeks, but right now. Because we've got a right now God that we believe in. And so we're about to get into a, a time of worship. But if I could just invite everyone just to stand to their feet. You know, I got two points that can hopefully help you help you to counter worry. Number one is prayer. I love how Josh explained it so well and Yana. You know, prayer helps us to understand, man, oh snap, he's in control. And it's real simple. I guess as I've journeyed, I, as I start, when, when I started, I, I thought it was this big, big thing. But, but what I've realized is like, oh, thank you, God, that you're here with me on stage right now. Thank you, God, that you're helping me speak in front of all these amazing people. It's real simple. We can overcomplicate prayer. But honestly, it's just talking with God. Hey, man, today was pretty cool. I had a good lunch. Thank you. Second thing that, that can help you against worry is thankfulness. You know, what I love about thankfulness is it takes our attention off our current us and what, what's in front of us and puts it back on God. Just as the songs we were singing, you have all my attention. You have all my attention. And so I encourage you throughout the week or as you drive back home, just find, find some things to be thankful. Let, let it not just be an idea. Let it be a lifestyle, a lifestyle of thankfulness. I, it will transform your whole life. You'll see things completely different through the storms because God wants the best for you. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.